Everybody say mind games. So we are on week eight of mind games. We've been talking about mental and emotional health. We've been speaking about how to get your mind and your emotions healthy. How many of y'all have just enjoyed and needed these messages? All right, if you haven't, I've been preaching to myself because this is, a, like, this is literally just a series inside of my brain where I'm like, Paul, after the fifth kid, you just need mental health. Like you need emotional and mental health. Anyone else just, just needs some more strength in your mind, your emotions? Okay. All right, so I got the right crew in here with me today. Um, today, I want to talk to you about the anxious mind, the anxious mind, the anxious mind. It's the mind that's constantly going, the mind that never stops, the mind that's thinking and overthinking and overanalyzing and replaying and, and, and uh, literally jumping to conclusions and imagining things that haven't happened Yet, and the enemy always tries to get in the mind first. Like if the enemy can get in your mind, he doesn't even have to mess with the outside. If he can get in your head, this is where the battle happens. This is the war room right here. This is the board room. This is where the decisions are made, is between the ears. And if we can win against anxiety, y'all, we can win a whole lot of battles out here. So this is a message to just help you, help me, help all of us win that battle against anxiety. If you have a Bible, go to Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. And Paul, the apostle, wrote this, this book. In chapter four, I love Philippians four. It's full of great, just great words. Um, he always gives a spiritual answer to all of the natural problems that we face. He gives a spiritual answer to all the mental, emotional, physical needs that he has that everyone else has. And sometimes when you're in church for a long time, you could start thinking, okay, I get it. We worship, we pray. That's how we get through our battles. But y'all, worship and prayer are amazing weapons. And they can never be repeated too much. Like I hear people say, stop giving me the spiritual answer. I need a practical answer. Like, tell me what to do. Do I walk barefoot next to a river? Do I take Xanax? Do I take ibuprofen? How many? It's like, oh... Just worship, like worship your way through the worry, pray through the panic. And people go, yeah, 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 I get that, I get that. No, you don't, because that, the spiritual answer is the answer. And I'm tired of hearing Christians go, stop giving me the spiritual answer, I need some practical stuff. Listen, the practical stuff is really just a side, like you need the spiritual stuff. That's where the real breakthrough happens. And Paul says in Philippians 4, verse 6, don't be anxious, don't be anxious. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't be anxious. I hear like the anxious people in the room going, okay, okay, I get it, I'm trying, I'm trying. What, how do I do that? How do I get past anxiety? He says, don't be anxious about anything. I don't know about y'all, but like anxious thoughts come to me on the daily, like just, even when like, I would say even like hourly an anxious thought tries to pop its way into my brain. Um, even when I was walking up here, I looked down at my shirt because I had just hugged my three-year-old son and he just snotted his stuff on my white shirt. And I was like, so I start getting anxious. I'm like, now I got a stain. I got to change my shirt. What if this distracts everyone for the rest of the message? Now I pointed it out. Now my anxious thoughts are saying, why did you point that out? Why are you pointing? Now they're distracted. Like, and then like anxious thoughts just come to me. Like what if 
<laughs> you know, what if something bad happens? Or what if people aren't listening? Or, and, and Paul says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about the food you're going to eat, the clothes you're going to wear. Don't be anxious about COVID-19. Don't be anxious about President Biden or the vaccine. Don't be anxious about what your friends are going to do. Don't be anxious about what situation you're worried about at home or with family or with friends or your health. By the way, this week, someone came up to me and they were like, hey, I, I've been having some symptoms. And I was like, what kind? And they were like, tired. I've been sniffling a little bit. I've been having a little bit of headaches. And I'm listening to this. I'm like, snap, me too. And they're like, I think I got the virus. And I was like, maybe I do too. And they're like, you might have the Delta variant. And I was like, nah, it's probably the, it's probably like the American Airlines variant because I don't, I don't fly Delta. I didn't... Maybe it's the Southwest variant. <laughs> Maybe it's Allegiant, because I'm flying cheap, y'all. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not paying for Delta. Uh, I was like, no, but maybe I do. So then I start going on my phone, and I'm like, well, if he has these symptoms, and I'm, so I'm like, okay, I'm tired. It's just like headaches. I need ibuprofen. I need Tylenol. And, and then I'm like, you know, because then the internet starts stirring up anxiety, like, you might have this, you might have a tumor, you might have that. And then WebMD just starts convincing you you have stuff, and you start going down this, this race, right? And then I'm, I'm looking at all these, like, diseases, and I'm like, oh, crud, am I going to live past tomorrow? What if I have malaria? I don't know. Like, did I catch it here in Oklahoma? I, I don't know what's, what's happened. I'm losing my strength. And, and y'all, Paul the Apostle, he says, listen, you could be anxious about a lot of things. You could be anxious about what's going on in the government. You could be anxious about a sickness that's spreading. You could be anxious about things at home, your finances, how you're going to pay off the debt, uh, like the school loans, going back to school, your teachers, your classes, your grades, all this stuff. But he says, I'm telling you that anxiety is robbing you of power. So he says, bring those anxious thoughts and turn them into prayers. Verse six, he says, by prayer and petition. And the, and the Christian people go, yeah, 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 I get it. I get it. I get it. It's a spiritual answer. No, no, no. The spiritual answer is the answer by prayer and petition more than ibuprofen, more than Advil, more than Xanax, more than a winding river, more than barefoot grounding with thanksgiving in your hearts. Bring your requests to God. Anxiety loses its place when you begin to pray. Anxiety, I'm anxious less when I'm praying more, when I'm turning my anxiety into prayer requests. And then Thanksgiving, he says, thank God as if he's already gone ahead. Thank God. Like, like, like when my father passed away at, at age 57, I also found out that his father passed away at 57. And then I started thinking about what's going to happen when I'm 57. And I started racing down that mind. And then I started realizing God has already gone ahead of me. He's already fought battles for me when I'm 57. He already knows what I need when I'm 45, when I'm 41. And y'all, the opposite of anxiety is not peace. The opposite of anxiety is faith. I don't win against anxiety by going, okay, be peaceful, 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 Paul. No, no, I win against anxiety when I go, I believe in Jesus' name that God is working all things together for my good. I have faith that the thing I'm anxious about, that the uncertainty that I'm worried about, that God has already taken care of it. He's already fought that battle for me. So Paul says, turn your anxiety into thanksgiving and thank God that he's already gone ahead of you. And then the peace of God, the peace is the fruit but faith is the root. Peace is the fruit. In other words, my roots are faith. I am planting faith in the ground when I'm feeling anxious. And I'm saying, no, in Jesus' name, I'm believing. Y'all, I'm already preaching. If you're waiting for the sermon to start, this is it. When I'm feeling anxious and uncertain, 
and I think I've got the American Airlines variant of COVID-19 or the Corona Budweiser virus, whatever it is, whatever version. Can, can we just take a second? I know it's a serious virus, but I think we've given this thing way too much power in our world. And I know some people are like, I'm offended that you just made fun of the virus. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. I get that the virus is powerful. But I just think our world is bowing down to this virus with such a spirit of fear. And I just, I, I wanna dethrone it from our hearts. I wanna dethrone every idol that has lifted itself up above Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, I am tired of hearing people tell me to bow down to this virus and this spirit of fear. So if you're offended at me for making fun of the, I get it, the virus is powerful, but the healing power of Jesus is also powerful. And the blood of Jesus is stronger than the blood of the virus. So excuse me for poking fun a little bit at Goliath for a second. You know, people got mad when David started making fun of Goliath. People were like, you can't make fun of Goliath. He's scary. He's killed a lot of our family members and friends. You know what David was doing? David wasn't dishonoring the people that he killed. David was exalting how big God was and how small Goliath was. David said, I'm gonna feed your carcass to the birds. I'm cutting your head off, Goliath. I'm coming for you, spirit of fear. I'm coming for you, spirit of anxiety. I'm cutting your head off in my family. I'm tired of anxiety robbing me of my sleep. I'm tired of a spirit of fear destroying the church in America, destroying the church across the world. It's time to lift up a spirit of faith over this virus, y'all. So Paul says, peace, the peace of God is going to come and it transcends all your logical understanding. I don't understand, I don't understand, I can't figure it out, I can't figure it out, what's gonna happen, what's gonna happen? Paul says, pray, worship, give thanks, and anxiety will begin to lose its place. And peace will begin to guard your hearts. Verse seven, peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then finally, brothers and sisters, if you're gonna think about anything, if you're gonna think about anything, think on things that are true. Separate your feelings from your facts. Anxiety is always jumping to conclusions. I know this is gonna happen. It's gonna be terrible. It's gonna be, ter it's gonna be, ah. No, my best days are right in front of me. And I have victory in my future because Jesus lives in me. And I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. And my mind is ready to receive the good things that God has prepared for me. And he's not finished with my story yet. And he's not finished with your family. And whatever you're anxious about, about your dad's health, about your family, about your marriage, about your kids, about the government, about a friendship, about a situation that you're just really anxious about and you think you can solve it by running through the mind games of, of you know, all those things, you can't. Give it to God. Fix your thoughts, he says, on things that are praiseworthy true, excellent, lovely. So Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us today. And I pray, God, that anxiety would lose its power in our minds and in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, Aaron. Give it up for the worship team and Aaron Bickers back there on the keys. So when I think about anxiety, I think about the movie Maze Runner. How many of y'all remember Maze Runner? It's, it's the movie where these like teenagers are thrown into a maze and they've got to figure their way out and the maze is constantly changing. The maze has been constructed by a group of scientist adults 
who are experimenting on these teenagers to see how they handle the stress and the anxiety and the fear. And so they, they put like hallucinations and monsters in the maze to chase these teenagers through the maze. And the teens are trying to get through the maze. And as I was watching this movie, I was like, That's, that is sometimes how my mind feels. I'm a mind runner. I'm a maze runner. I start going through the maze and I get lost in the labyrinth, right? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find my way through all the imaginations and the thoughts and the assumptions and the questions and the uncertainties and the thought bubbles that I draw above your heads. Like I just imagine going through the maze of you guys and, and getting lost in the maze. And I'm thinking, I've been, th I've been there before. I have been to this maze before. Mentally and physically. Physically, I've been to this maze. This maze reminds me of, of, of St. Francis Hospital. And like, anyone ever been to St. Francis Hospital? It is a maze. We just had our fifth kid there, and I got lost multiple times inside of the maze of St. Francis. Whoever designed St. Francis, like, probably was a horror movie director. Because it is scary. I turn a corner, and there's a weird nurse over there, and she's like, don't come this way. <laughs> I'm like, there's a monster in this. It's so sterile. It's so scary. Come on. How many of y'all been to St. Francis Hospital? Can we reroute the maze over there and make it like it just, it's very complicated. But I think about how I got lost multiple times in St. Francis, the maze, the mindset of the maze runner there. And I was like, this feels anxiety for me. Like this stirs, there's certain things that just stir anxiety up. There's stuff that just begins to stir up these feelings of angst and, and, and what's going on and uncertainty and how am I going to get through this? And I want to define for you what anxiety is. Anxiety is the feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease about an imminent event, something that's coming or some situation that's happening in the future that you don't know what the outcome is going to be. It could be in a relationship. It could be at your job. It could be with your health. It could be with your finances. It could be those questions that begin to stir about things your family went through, parents went through, or stuff from your past that could come back up in the future. And it begins to stir this, this emotion on the inside. It actually releases something. And I want to show you just a picture of the brain. There's a, there's a part of your brain called the amygdala. The amygdala is, is what's triggered when anxiety begins to stir. So the amygdala begins to release this emotional response that's associated to anything that you feel is a dangerous threat in your future. The amygdala uh, releases this, this uh, sense that, that you've got to do something immediately to handle whatever it is that's in front of you. So if, like, if, a, if, a, if you got bit by a dog when you were a kid and that same type of dog is in front of you, there's the, the amygdala gets triggered and you're like, ah, you know? Or if, if snakes scare you when you see a snake, it begins to release this feeling of anxiety, this fear, spiders or death or car accidents or cancer or COVID-19 or you know, restrictions from the government or, or something happening in your family, a friendship, a betrayal, something happening that, that just stirs this sense of, <gasps> how am I going to get through this? And there's another part of your brain besides the amygdala that handles the anxiety. I want to show you this next uh, picture of the brain, the cerebral cortex. By the way, the brain is a gift from God. When we talk science, we talk spirituality because science and spirituality are connected, right? Like God designed our bodies and our, our minds and our, our emotions. He actually designed us to walk in victory both mentally and physically and emotionally and spiritually. And he gives us tools in the Bible that helps all of it, right? So part of the brain, the cerebral cortex, it helps you to reason through what the amygdala, the amygdala immediately reacts in a moment. 
And if you're not being careful, you, you begin to act impulsively in the moment of something that stirs anxiety or fear. You say something or do something uh, without thinking about it, right? You don't take time to really process, is this a true thought? Should I actually do this, you know, reaction, this response? Or, you know, slowing down in the moment. The cerebral cortex helps you to slow down and think through, should I act on these emotions? Is this a really a threat? Is this really a dangerous situation? And, and then when a person is spirit-filled, I believe their cerebral cortex is not just, you know, acting logically. It's acting from a spiritual wisdom standpoint. It's pausing and going, hold on, I don't have to respond. Like when, when, when the virus started being released in our world and people were reacting with a lot of fear, I watched as our church was rising up with faith and with wisdom. We were paying attention to science. We were paying attention to certain things, but we were not just shrinking back in a spirit of fear. We were choosing to respond accordingly. And I, I believe God gives you spiritual wisdom for the things that could stir up natural anxiety in your life. This is what Paul is talking about here. He's saying, yes, there are things that could stir up anxiety, but you getting anxious is not going to fix the problem. You getting worried is only going to cause high blood pressure, hyperventilation, and open your heart up to even more sickness and disease. Anxiety is not the cure to dealing with the things that, that are stirring up fear in your life. In fact, the symptoms of anxiety, if I don't deal with anxiety, it leads to a uh, loss of sleep. It leads to a constant panic. It leads to trouble breathing, um, feeling tired, weak. It leads to intense sweating. By the way, if you ever see me sweating on stage, it's because y'all are making me anxious in the sermon. Um, so just pray for me when I start sweating like profusely. Um, anxiety leads to trouble concentrating, like I can't even concentrate. I can't focus. I can't focus. Some, I think the superpower in 2021 is focus. I think for you to win the battle, you got to focus. Our world is just constantly distracted, right? We're right here. We're in church, but we're, we're in a place, but we're not in a place. We're mentally and emotionally checked out. And we're not just on one app. We're on 30 different apps. And we're bouncing around. We're bouncing between Instagram and DoorDash and VRBO and Chuck E. Cheese app. That's for all the parents. I got a lot of tokens on there. I got... I got, I got Twitter on here. I got, I got Zillow on here. I got LeafSnap. That's to find out what kind of trees are there. I'm a, I'm a tree nerd. I got the Panera app. I got the McDonald's app. I'm going between all my food apps. I got, I got Starbucks app and, then, and then Spotify. And I, 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 like it just distracts, distracts you. And I'm losing focus. I'm sitting in a meeting, but I can't even focus for longer than a minute. I'm sitting in a church service, but I can't even pay attention. Because my mind is racing, and I'm thinking, what, 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 what about this? What about that? What am I going to do after this? And I just need you today. I need myself. I need all of us just to, like, calm our minds down. Just to calm our anxious minds down. I got a friend in our church named Lester, and uh, he helps adjust my back on occasion. And recently he said, Paul, you seem really tense. And I was like, because I am really tense. And he said, yeah, you seem extremely tight right here and completely out of alignment. So I'm going to get you back in alignment. But I need you to breathe in and breathe out. I go, and he goes, and I was like, wow. And then he takes my neck and he goes, you know, it's like scary. Like, I feel like they're going to murder me when they're doing this. But I just trusted Lester, right? And he got me all adjusted, 
And I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool if we could get our minds adjusted? Like some of you just need a mind massage. You just need your mind to be at ease. I don't have a masseuse here today, but the Holy Spirit <laughs> is coming to adjust. Some of you are just out of alignment. You got too much anxious thoughts going on, too much feelings of fear, too many distractions, too many apps that are still open in your brain. And the Holy Spirit's coming and saying, you don't have to think about that. You don't have to worry about that. You can't fix that, so stop meditating on it. Some of us have been renting out space to some bad tenants in our brain. And, and listen, we're, we're, like, we're letting them stay rent-free. You, you need to serve an eviction notice to some thoughts that have just been eating up brain space. And you keep revisiting that thought every single day, and you can't fix anything about it. So stop going there. Paul says, don't be anxious. I want to look at a story in the Bible where we see the, 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 really the combat, the war between anxiety and faith. The opposite of anxiety is not peace, it's faith, right? I want to look at a story where you see a spirit of anxiety and you see a spirit of faith. And I want us to see how this contrasts and how do I overcome anxiety. Let's go to 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. And while you're turning there, I want to give you five ways to win against anxiety. Five ways to win against anxiety. And, and I'm, if you're taking notes, I believe that these five points are, they're spiritual points, but they're also practical points. There's things connected to them. We're going to look at how these points connect to this story. In 1 Samuel 17, it's the story, you might have heard it in, in Sunday school and children's church, the story of David versus Goliath. But I want you to look at this story through the lens of anxiety. And think about how people reacted to certain things that were happening in their life. It says in verse 4, a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out to the Philistine camp, from the Philistine camp, and he began to shout at the Israelites. He's nine feet tall, nine inches, has a huge, like, he's got a big, like, he's got a big spear, he has, he has a big shield, he has all this armor, he's strong, he's intimidating. He literally creates anxiety everywhere he goes. People look at him and they're like, ah, what do we do? And, and, and he shouts at the Israelites. He says, why do you come out and line up for battle? Right, so now he's trying to make fun of them that they're lining up for battle. He says, I am a Phil Philistine and you are the servants of Saul. Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I overcome him and I kill him, you will become our servants for the rest of your lives. He shouted this every day. And when he shouted this in verse 11, it said this, on hearing these words, the king of Israel, Saul himself, the man who was anointed by God to be a leader, the man who was anointed by God to have a victory, it says him and all of his troops were dismayed and terrified and ran for their lives. When I don't deal with anxiety, it leads to decision paralysis, spiritual apathy, avoidance to the things and the situations that I'm supposed to confront, and ultimately it leads to a spirit of defeat. When I don't deal with anxiety, I start living in the caves of fear. I start running from everything and everyone. I start isolating myself and I start losing every battle that God's called me to win. So here the king of Israel has forfeited his victory because of anxiety. Some of us in this room, we have forfeited a victory because of anxiety. But today, you're about to get your victory back. Anxiety is about to lose its place. Now, verse 12, it says, now David. Now David was the son of Jesse from Bethlehem. Jesse had eight sons 
And they were all serving in Saul's army except for David. Here the youngest boy is. He's a shepherd boy. And he's taking care of his dad's sheep. And he shows up to the battlefield. He's sent from his father to the battlefield to go and bring his brother some pizza, bread and cheese. And pizza delivery boy. You know, <laughs> I just imagine, like, what was pizza like back then? I don't know. I don't know. I, when I read the Bible, I think about food way too much. <laughs> Anybody want to go to Hungry Howie's after this? Mazio's, Upper Crust, Hideaway Pizza, wherever you want to go, let's go. Let's have a pizza party sometime after church. All right. But you got to read the Bible. Everybody who reads the Bible gets a pizza party at the end. <laughs> okay, let's come back. Back to the story. All right, so David is bringing pizza to his brothers, and he hears the giant, and the giant's shouting, and everybody starts running, but David doesn't run. The Bible says that David stood and he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of the living God? Listen to David just making fun of this virus, just calling out this giant. How dare you say that, David? You arrogant little kid. His brothers literally start calling him arrogant. But in reality, David actually had more humility than his brothers did. Humility produces a powerful confidence that might be misinterpreted by some as arrogance, but truly it is confidence. It's boldness knowing who your God is and that your God is bigger than any giant that's in your future. So number one, I beat anxiety with humility. I beat anxiety with humility. How do I win against anxiety? I win with humility. That might sound kind of strange. How, do, how does humility and anxiety, how do they even connect? Okay, well, Peter says in 1 Peter 5, and if there's anyone who's gonna teach about humility, it's Peter, the disciple, the guy who cut a dude's ear off and shouted a lot and spoke when it wasn't his turn, but he learned some things. Peter learned some things about how to win against fear because Peter was the one who also shouted at Jesus when they were on a boat in the middle of a storm. He said, don't you care we're gonna die? Don't you see like there's, there's a future in front of us that's terrible? And, and, and Peter learned how to combat his fears. And so he says in 1 Peter 5, Verse five, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time and cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So, so Peter connects anxiety and humility together. That anxiety is the opposite of humility. Anxiety is all about me, I. Me. Look at look at the word anxiety. And, and as you're looking at all the letters in that word, what is at the center of that word? I. I, 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 I just can't handle this, Paul. I can't, I, I can't, I'm not gonna get through this. I don't know, I don't know, I don't have what it takes. I, 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 I'm not going to be able to get past this. I, I, I just don't know. And, 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 and what if I, what if I fail in, the, in, in front of everyone? And, and what if it doesn't work out? And, and, and what about me? And I, I, it's so focused on I. You know what other word has I at the center? Pride. Pride is the root. Anxiety is the fruit. If you're going to get rid of anxiety, you've got to trace back the roots. If I'm looking at a tree and I see a branch that's, that's messed up, I'm not just paying attention to the branch, I'm paying attention to the roots. So I'm going, okay, I see a branch of anxiety in this girl's life, in this guy's life. I, I see anxiety in my life. How do I get rid of anxiety? I'm gonna go back to the roots. Anxiety is all about me. It's, it's literally me-centered. It's focused on I can't 
do this. I'm afraid that this might happen. I'm afraid. I, I, I. It's pride. In order to get rid of the fruit of anxiety, I've got to pluck out the root of pride in my life. So Peter says, dethrone yourself from your heart. Stop thinking that you can figure out all the problems. You can't carry the world on your shoulders. You can't solve the issues that, that the world is facing right now. And you trying to convince everyone to do things your way, it's stirring up more anxiety in your heart. So he says, humble yourselves. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. How do I humble myself? I come down here. This is how I fight my battles. You're stronger on your knees than you are on your feet. I don't win against anxiety by trying to fight every thought with these feelings of, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to solve this. I'm going to problem solve this. I'm going to meditate my way through this. No, I'm going to humble myself and say, God, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I do know that you hold tomorrow. And as cheesy as that sounds, I know you've got the whole world in your hands. And you've got my future, and you've got my mom, and my dad, and Grand Grand, and John, and Liam, and Beniah, and Mac, and Ellie, and Gianna. And I don't know how to solve all the things, but God, I'm trusting in you. Humility says, my God can handle my cares. So, so Peter says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you more than you care for yourself. You might, you might think you care for yourself a whole lot, but God cares a whole lot more. And some of us in this room, we are trying to carry all of our cares, all of our anxiety. We're just trying to hold it on. Humility just lets it go. It says, I can't, I can't fix the future. All I can do is trust in God. And humility really does put my trust and my focus, my hope in God. And I say, Lord, have your way. Take my, take my desires off the throne of my heart. Father, not my will, but thy will be done. When I come in with humility, anxiety begins to lose its place. Humility is the breaking point for victory. Humility is getting your, your heart and your mind back. I think about when military are in the room and an officer of higher rank walks in the room. What do those military uh, soldiers do? They salute, right? And then the officer walks past them, and what does he say when he's done with their salute? He says, at ease. When I come under the mighty hand of God, it's like I'm saluting. And I'm saying, Lord, you're bigger than me. You're bigger than my problems. And what does God say in response? He says, at ease, Paul. Let me put your mind at ease. Let me put your anxieties at ease. Let me release the worries that you have been so focused on. And you've been so pridefully trying to figure it out all by yourself. Stop exalting. your. When you're exalting yourself, God can't lift up someone who's already exalted themselves. He humbles the proud. So if you want to keep your anxiety and keep the pride, watch as God humbles you. But if you're ready to release it, watch as God will begin to exalt you even after the mistakes you've made and say, because you humbled yourself, I can lift you up. Because you came broken, I can put you back together. But if you act like you can do this all by yourself and you're Superman or Superwoman, you're going to miss out on the power that God wants to bring. Right? So, so I've got to humble myself. David had the power to face Goliath because he had a humility in his character. He believed God was bigger than the giant. So he didn't run when everyone else did. Number two, I beat anxiety with focus. With focus. Um, I want to just kind of stir up a little bit of anxiety in the room, if that's okay. 
Um, our cameramen, they do an amazing job. Our cameramen and women, they do a great job. We've got a director in the booth who is always, you know, giving us great shots and angles. But for a second, I want you to just bounce between all the different angles. Keep your eyes on the screen for a second, and I want you to bounce fast, like literally every second. Bounce, 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 bounce. <laughs> Y'all are like, I didn't have anxiety until now. <laughs> in the room, you can focus on me, but online, they're like, stop it in Jesus' name. I rebuke that anxiety. Do it again. Do it again. It's fun. It's fun. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, bounce around, bounce around, bounce around, bounce around. When you're distracted, when you're distracted, you're more anxious. I, I told you at the beginning of this message, a superpower in 2021 is focus. If I'm going to beat anxiety, I'm going to have to beat it with focus. In fact, I, I took my kids to uh, the circus right before COVID-19 hit, and it was a really weird circus. It was the Shriners Circus. Has anyone ever been to the Shriners Circus? <laughs> Some of y'all were there. We were all looking at each other, and we were all thinking the same thing. This is interesting. <laughs> and, uh, and so there was this guy in the lion cage with this massive lion, and he had a stool. And I took Liam, Benny, and Mac. And this guy is like doing this, and this massive lion is coming towards him. And I'm like, that lion is gonna eat that dude. There is no way that stool is going to fight that lion. And I'm, I'm, I'm covering my boy's eyes. I'm like, don't look right now. The lion's about to eat the Shriner guy right now. <laughs> I mean, it was scary. But he kept doing this, and he's backing up, and the lion's coming at him. And all of a sudden, the lion kind of freezes. And the little Shriner guy, he starts going like this. And the lion starts backing up. And he goes like this. And the lion gets in a corner. And the lion literally like lays down and bows down, puts his head down. He looks tired. He looks like he just got like hypnotized or something. Like, like the Shriner had gotten in his head. And what happened was the, the guy explained that when a lion looks at all four stools, it loses its power, all four legs on the stool. Because a lion's power comes from its focus. Your power as a believer comes from your focus. You're more powerful when you're focused. You actually are losing energy and sleep because you're distracted. If you would close some of the apps on your phone, you might actually have some more strength. <laughs> some of you have 30 apps open in your brain right now. And God's saying, how am I supposed to speak to you when you're staring at four different legs? You can't even pay attention in a church service because you literally have too many apps open in your head right now. And you need to shut down some screens. The lion loses its power because it's not focused. The power of focus, I beat anxiety when I stop thinking about 30 different things. And I just go, okay. Paul said it like this in Philippians chapter three. He said, this one thing I focus on. I'm forgetting What's behind me? Proverbs chapter four says, do not look to the left or to the right. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Jesus said in Luke chapter nine, I set my face like flint towards Jerusalem. No one, no one can distract me from my purpose. When I am focused on my purpose, I'm not anxious about what's on the left. Because I mean, I'm like Michael Phelps. I'm in the swimming pool and I'm focusing on my lane. I'm not focusing on the other swimmers. 
I'm like, I'm like, dude, wasn't it awesome? The girl that just won the, the gold medal in the, the Olympics, the, like the runner girl, I forget her name, but the people were posting pictures about her. She was shouting out Jesus. And, and I was thinking these runners, they win their Olympic gold medals because they are focused on their lane. They're not looking at the other runners. They're not looking at the other swimmers. They're not paying attention to what the world is saying, what CNN is saying, what Fox News is saying, what QAnon is saying, what everybody else is saying. Listen, they're focused on, I have a mission. So, so whatever everyone else wants to say, that's, I can't stop them. I can't control them. I can't control what the virus wants to do, but I can control what I'm gonna do. And I'm gonna stay open and I'm gonna preach the gospel and I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna minister and I'm gonna move in compassion because I'm focused on my mission. I win with focus. I beat anxiety with focus. David was able to, you, you can't take down Goliath when you're looking at everybody else, when you're fighting sideways battles when you're trying to figure out all the other stools. You gotta figure out what God's called you to do. In Nehemiah chapter six, verse three, Nehemiah was rebuilding Jerusalem and there were some people that were trying to distract him. And they literally made up rumors and slanders about him and they said, listen, we're gonna tear you apart. We're gonna tear down your family. We're gonna, we're gonna take down your leadership. And they started all these rumors and then the rumors weren't working. He wasn't distracted by the rumors. So then they sent threats and they said, we're gonna kill you. If you keep on working on Jerusalem, we're gonna kill you. And we're gonna take out you and your family. So they're trying to like stir up anxiety. And you know what he says in verse three? He says, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. I want you to say that with me. I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Say it again. I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. That's what you need to speak to every anxious thought that's trying to distract you from your real purpose. I'm doing a great work. I'm doing a great work. I may not be the best person for the job, but I'm doing a great work and I won't come down. I'm not coming down for any anxious thought. I'm focused on my mission. Number three, you beat anxiety with community. Listen, you need a brotherhood. You need a sisterhood. You need a victory group. You need a couple of guys around you. You need a couple of girls around you. You need some people in your life that are gonna stand with you through the storms, through the trials, through the wind and the waves, and you need to be someone that stands next to others when they're walking through things that are stirring up anxiety. Be the kind of person that sits beside her sister and says, what's on your mind? And when she opens up, you don't run down to the prayer meeting and go, I got a prayer request. Guess what Susie told me? She's pregnant. We don't know who the baby is. <laughs> you know, like people just gossip. Be the kind of friend that sits with someone, listens to their anxious thoughts, and keeps it straight to yourself. Stop being a gossip. And when you listen to it, you know what you do? I, I don't know what to do with that. How am I supposed to? Pray for them, 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 pray for them. And be the kind of person that when you're going through something that's stirring up anxiety inside you, that you don't isolate yourself. Because that's where, that's where the suicidal thoughts come. That's where the depression sits in. That's where the loneliness, no one understands me, Paul. No one knows what I'm going through. I can't share this anxiety with anyone because if I do, they're not gonna get it and they're gonna share it and then it's gonna be terrible and everything that I'm, I'm afraid that's gonna happen is going to happen and, and stop. Because that's what the enemy wants you to think. You need to open up to someone 
Maybe it's a prayer partner, maybe it's a pastor, maybe it's a close friend, a confidant, and just say, hey, I'm dealing with some anxiety and I don't know what to do. And I'm afraid I'm gonna lose my job and I'm afraid that we won't be able to pay the bills and I don't know what's gonna happen. And when you begin to share that and then you invite the prayers of a righteous man, a righteous woman into your life, I'm telling you, you are better off with a brother and a sister helping you fight this battle than by yourself. I beat anxiety in community. Number four, I want the band to come up. I fight anxiety with faith. I fight anxiety with faith. The opposite of anxiety is not peace, it's faith. It's faith, it's believing. Anxiety is the substance of things dreaded about, the evidence of things not yet seen. Anxiety is the substance of things that I'm afraid of, and it's the evidence of things not yet seen. And where have I seen that definition? Hebrews 11 verse one, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the assurance about what we, what? We don't see. Anxiety is believing something bad is gonna happen in your future. In your health, your finances, your friendships, your relationships, some situation, I don't know. Anxiety is just believing worst case scenarios. You're in the mind runner, you're in the maze runner, you're just going all over the place. But faith, comes in and says, I believe something good is going to happen. And it stops the maze. It just breaks down all the walls. Fear loses its power when you start rising up with faith. I believe that I'm healed. I believe that I'm restored. I believe that I'm strong. I believe that I'm more than a conqueror. I believe that he's my healer. I believe God's working all things together for my good because I'm called according to his purpose. I believe that God is faithful, he's good, he's just, he's merciful, his mercy triumphs over his judgment. He's a good God, he's never gonna let me down. Faith is our weapon against anxiety. Your mind and your heart is a war room. You hear thoughts, feelings, lies from the enemy, assumptions, conclusions in your brain that you've already accepted even though the story is still playing out. But God has given you weapons for the war room. And these weapons are not carnal. These weapons are spiritual. 2 Corinthians 10 verse four says, now we are in a battle and these weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So we take captive, we demolish strongholds and every thought that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, we take captive. Right, we go in there and we begin to just take out these thoughts. And I just imagine like born identity, just Jason Bourne going in there and just just you know, blowing stuff up. Shoot, I just love a good action movie. <laughs> just coming in and just begin to take down those thoughts of fear, those anxious thoughts. I think some of us, it's hard for us to sit in a room because of anxiety. It's hard for us to stay in a place because of anxiety. Paul, what if I get sick? What if someone next to me has the virus? I just heard them cough. I, I, I gotta leave. I just heard somebody sneeze. I can't even be near y'all. Y'all just sneezing right here. And <laughs> I literally just heard a cough. We're all good. As soon as I said it, it's just happening across the room. Some of y'all, you can't sit still because you're like, I don't know, did I leave the oven on? Did, did I? Someone just left the room to go turn the oven off at the house. 
Did I shut the garage? I saw a suspicious car back in the neighborhood. I just don't know. Did I shut the garage? Did I, did I lock the door? Did I lock the door? Did we leave a kid at home? Kevin! You know, home alone? Just, I don't know. I'm, am I missing someone? Am I missing me? Am I here right now? Is this happening? Am I on the Truman Show? Is this all, is this inception? Is this in my head? And we just start getting lost in these anxious mind games. And, and, and the way we win is with faith. I come in and I go, in Jesus' name, I'm taking captive of these anxious thoughts. And Proverbs 31 verse 25 says, the woman of, who fears the Lord, the, like the wife you wanna marry, the, the woman who, who you are hoping is gonna be the mother of your kids, it says that she's clothed in dignity and she laughs without fear of tomorrow. She laughs without fear about the future. The woman who fears the Lord laughs about tomorrow. Not because tomorrow is going to be amazing and it's all figured out and everything's going to play out exactly the way she hopes. She laughs because she knows fear. Fear is just a liar running out of breath. Anxiety is just something that's robbing her of her sleep and her peace. So she chooses to laugh by faith. She laughs with the spirit of faith. She says, come on, devil. You can't stop the goodness of God in my life. No matter what you have planned, no weapon formed against my family shall prosper. So I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I win no matter what. I win. You could throw Paul in prison and he says, all right, you throw me in prison. I'm going to preach the gospel to all the prisoners. You could torture Paul. All right, you torture me. I'm persecuted with Christ. I take joy in my sufferings. You could kill Paul. You kill me to live as Christ, to die as gain. No matter, like worst case scenario, play it all out. What if the worst thing happens? you still have the victory because Jesus lives in you. So stop giving that anxious thought so much power. Number five, I beat anxiety with praise and worship. Why don't we stand to our feet? I beat anxiety with praise and worship. God is always doing 10,000 things that you don't see in your life. He's always doing thousands of things behind the scenes. He's fighting battles in your future. He's tying up the bows of your past. He's tying together the testimony. There's a scarlet thread throughout our life. Grand Grand gave me a binder a couple years ago when she was maybe 93, 94, now she's 97. And in the binder, there was a scarlet red thread. And she said, all through these years, every decade, I can see it now, God's been faithful. He's been good. He was with my family in the Great Depression in the early 20s when we lost everything and we weren't sure how we were gonna make it. He was with us in the 30s and in the 40s and, and, and during World War II and, 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 and when uh, my family members were off to war and when sons had, were fighting in Vietnam. And she said, I've just seen it all through the years, the things I was worried about, anxious about, God was so faithful. She sees it now in her 90s. Listen. I I want to tell you there's a scarlet thread of God's goodness and faithfulness running through your life. You may not see it, but the way you beat anxiety is you fix your focus on God, on his kindness, on his faithfulness, on his forgiveness, on his mercy, on his joy, on his love. Lord, I just pray right now, God, that as we begin to worship you, anxiety loses its power on the thrones of our hearts. God, I thank you, Lord, that faith would kick in. God, that our amygdala would begin to release a, a response 
response of hope and faith in spite of the fear or the anxious threats or the dangers or the things that are trying to stir up anxiety. Lord, I pray, God, just for a mental switch today. God, I pray for someone in the room that just needs to fast some thoughts they've been thinking. They just need to put it on a fast. They just need to say, you know what? I'm not thinking that thought anymore. I'm not going to that thought anymore. I'm not going to entertain that thought any longer. I'm choosing to fix my focus on the things that are true. I'm choosing to fix my focus on Jesus, on his love. Why don't we just begin to worship in this place all over this room? If you want to leave your seat, come down to the altar. You can come and join us at this altar. Let's just take a few minutes to linger in his presence. Let's just worship him. Lift your hands up to heaven. I still believe. feeling anxious right now. If you've been having anxiety, I want you to just leave your seat. Come and join me at the altar right now. If the enemy's been messing with your mind, if it's been hard to focus, hard to concentrate, you've just been dealing with distractions, maybe even just a, a decision paralysis, you've just felt like the enemy has pushed you in a corner and, and you haven't been able to focus, you haven't been able to think clear. It's like your mind's been foggy with anxiety, foggy with fear. If that's you, just come down. I believe today is a day for mental victory mental and emotional victory. We're gonna get our minds back. We're gonna get our thoughts back. We're gonna get our emotions under control. Yeah, all over the room. If you've been battling anxiety, just bring it to the altar. The fact that you're coming scares hell right now. Hell knows that a believer who gets their mind back, they are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. When you begin to get your emotions, your mind, your thoughts to a place of peace and faith and hope, the enemy loses his power. Yeah, and as you're coming down, if you're here today and you say, Paul, I'm not right with God. I need to surrender my heart to Jesus. I need to recommit my life to Jesus. You come down to the altar too. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day of victory in your, your spirit. That's where the victory begins is surrendering to Jesus. There's room at the altar. Let's, let's scoot closer. We got people coming down the aisles all over this place. And what, as you're down here, I want you to just lift your hands up as a sign of faith that you're receiving what the Lord wants you to receive and you're releasing what you need to release. Let's just worship God. You're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. 
doctor scientists as they've done brain scans on people uh, that 12 minutes a day of prayer and worship for eight weeks in a row actually shows up on a brain scan you can measure it that someone's brain heads in a positive direction they blink less during certain things someone who's been triggered by anger or fear or certain things that used to trigger you that 12 minutes a day of prayer and worship the spiritual answer is the answer the spiritual answer is the answer and as you begin to pray and worship, like what we've been doing, fix your mind on the word, you begin to see a, a change in your brain on actual brain scans. They can, they can read it, that someone's brain has moved to a place of higher focus, less stress, higher concentration, less distracted, that the more I focus on prayer and worship, the more that I pick and choose which tenants I'm gonna allow to rent space in my brain, the more that I focus on what God says about me, what God says about the future, 
the less anxiety I have, the less fear I have, the less stress I have, the more peace I have, the more faith I have, the more joy. Lord, I just pray right now, God, I just sense that you're here, you're in the room. I just sense it's like the Lord is truly like massaging the brain. He's just coming in. He's just, it's like he's just saying, I'm getting you back in alignment. I'm getting you back in alignment. He says, I can see you've been tense lately. You've been very tense in there. And the Lord's saying, I'm, I'm going to fix that. I'm getting that resolved. And he's saying, you don't have to carry that. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to try to solve that. He loves you. He's with you, he's for you. He's got the whole world in, your, in his hands. He's got your, your family in his hands. He's got those dreams, those prayers, those tears, those question marks that you've had, the, the, the miscarriages, the, the hurt, the abuse, the hurt feelings, the broken heart. He says, I've, I've got you.
on your heart today and say he's still on the throne. Say, Jesus, I trust in you. I cast my cares, all anxiety on you because you care for me. So I'm trusting in you because you're good. You're faithful. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. You're my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sins and I receive your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, that my best days are right in front of me, that I have victory in my future because you live in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you, Victory.